Um, all right, so lot to get to on softball. I I am here. I am in Waco as we get set for three games this weekend. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I had to laugh on, I, I think, either Wednesday or Thursday. Someone had texted in and asked, hey, is there a possibility that they could play two games on Saturday because of weather concerns on Sunday? And, of course, as as you know, Josh Helmer, um, I, I tend to have a very good friend uh, that sends me personal texts. Came to find out these are group texts, by the way, <laughs> that I'm a part of. Dr. Kevin Clazel, who had said, hey, you know, Sundays, things are looking okay. Um, Saturday will be sunny. Sunday looks pleasant in 70. Well, it was funny because yesterday I got that text from Kevin, and I was thinking about the texter, whom we kind of shot down, right? I'm like, oh, come on, dude. We're not going to play two on Sunday. <laughs> Dr. Clazel said, Saturday afternoon should be good, 75 degrees, lots of wind. But if there's an opportunity to play two on Saturday, we should do it because Sunday may be a crapshoot with scattered lightning storms in the area. <laughs> Who is that soothsayer that was on the um, that was on the text line earlier this week? Now, again, let me be clear because sometimes there can be aggregators and only uh, only get a little bit, only get a little bit, but. Nothing has been changed yet. And as I sit here at 10.04 on this Friday, we're playing tonight, we're playing tomorrow, we're playing on Sunday. If anything changes, I'll let you know. But as of right now, it is a three-game, three-day series. If anything changes, we'll let you know. All right. Uh, With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. This is the Plank Show on The Ref. We are joined now by a guy you hear a lot on Locked In. Also, all over Twitter, at Travis Skoll. Uh, has his own show that he does with JP on the Tube of Views. He is Travis Davidson. Travis, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, just to carry over one conversation from last hour, in in kind of asking, hey, who's who's the spring game for? I, I feel like in the eyes of Brent Venables, it's become a massive weekend. It's always going to be a massive weekend, and it's going to be a weekend where attendance really, truly matters, right? Right, and, you know, First of all, appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, um, this is a this is a talent acquisition business. Whether you're talking about bringing in good coaches, good administrators, good strength and conditioning, good, but bringing in good players is a big part of that. And those right. all of those people are brought in to bring in good players, right? So if you don't have good players, you do not have a good football team. It is as simple as that. So we have, by my count, three five stars and. 24 stars uh, that are going to be making their way to Norman this weekend. And, I mean, that's what this is all about. When we talk to recruits, I mean, we had Nigel Smith on on these airwaves last year talking about the attendance. I actually interviewed him again um, on on our YouTube channel, and he said, man, it's just, man, 75,000 people there. That's just crazy. I mean, the attendance, it's impressive. And you can't say the best is the standard and then roll out 30,000 people to your spring game. I also think it acts as a great, um, you know, kind of family reunion. Brent Venables has obviously put a lot of effort into that. Cale Gundy has been a huge part of that, uh, even still. So with that, providing that family environment, but I will say a lot of that still serves recruiting, right? Because these recruits can see all these NFL greats, former Sooner greats, 
and know that they're welcomed back with open arms by the head football coach. And I think, again, that serves recruiting. I think all roads lead back to that. And, and, and that's why you see the number four class in the country last year. Okay, take me through. Um, what, what are we watching for this weekend before we get to the, the storylines in the game? I want to know on the recruiting side, it, nothing official this weekend, but it seems like there's going to be a lot of big names, including David Stone, that are going to be here this weekend. Right. As far as, as, far as nothing official, yes, no official visits. But do keep your eyes peeled. I think there will be likely three public commitments uh, within the next, I don't know, five days, maybe, maybe, maybe six at the latest. Um, and then I, I think, I think quite a few signs. But yeah, your big one, David Stone, obviously going to be in town. Uh, he posted on his Instagram that he's already in Normandy, already at the University of Oklahoma last night. Um, he stays with his sister when he's in town, so he's actually very often uh, at Oklahoma. Obviously, you've got five-star uh, Bryant Wesco, the wide receiver. Um, and then you've got another five-star receiver coming in in DeCorian Moore, um, who's five-star receiver in the 2025 class, which keep in mind, guys, we've got a lot of 2025 guys that are coming um, to a visit. I think, I think most of them are on the offensive side of the ball. And quite conveniently, four-star quarterback commit of the 2025 class, Mr. Kevin Sperry, will be in town. So, it's a good opportunity for him to get around those guys, kind of start having those conversations like, hey, look, could you see our, us here together? Let's start doing this. What's so important in getting that leader in the class early, and like, much like we were seeing with Mike Hawkins Jr., is they can put the hat on and really start recruiting those offensive players. Travis Davidson at Travis Skull on Twitter is hanging out with us. How, how have you kind of viewed – this the the process with David Stone it feels like it's it feels like at least in my timeline Travis and I'm not as as smart as you and, and Parker are in the Cruton world but I I feel like he's really enjoying this I feel like he's got uh, he's having fun and not in a way where he's trolling anyone but just he seems to be a guy that's got a big personality what have you kind of made of this process and what might be inevitable for him well. I 100% believe that he's going to be a Sooner, first and foremost. But it kind of, you know, what his recruitment's been all about, keep in mind, the, the NIL era, it's new to a lot of us, right? Like, we talk right. about it every day. A lot of people, that's the first question I get asked. I'm sure it's the first question you get asked, right? When, yeah. when you know, people say, oh, you talk about college football. What do you think about this NIL stuff, right? It's all very new, and everybody's got varying opinions on it. So, as the kids see it is, hey, I need to build my brand because that means that advertisers will, um, you know, will see me as more valuable. I will make more money, right? That's why you see everybody saying, hey, what fan base can get me to this many followers on Instagram? Hey, I just posted a new Instagram, you know, picture. Go like it, ex-fans, you know, whatever. That's why I've talked to guys like the Hayes Fawcett, the Miles uh, M Creations of the World. These guys now – it's wild. They have full-blown plans. Like, a lot of these guys know where they're going to be committing, but yet what they do is they release a top 10 because playing, that's 10 schools worth of fans that are going to be following them, that are going to be liking their photos and retweeting them. They don't. They know that only two of those 10 schools are actually going to, they're going to pick up the phone for them, but it's just, it's growing that base. Why only, you know, 
two fan bases or even one fan base when you can appeal to ten. The I think that's kind of what David's doing a little bit. He's having fun with it. He's a kid. Like it, it's just that's what you're going to have happen. But I think what David's kind of doing with it is he's going to build up a lot of fan bases and by showing a lot of love to these fan bases. But then once he commits to somewhere, all those fan bases feel like they were led on to a certain extent, mm. right? Which is not necessarily great for your brand, right? So, but I think that's just the nature of a kid trying to navigate the new world of brand building um, and being a five-star doing it. So, you know, obviously the, the April Fool's joke kind of fell a little flat, but I mean, I don't know about you, but I told probably a couple jokes when I was 17 years old that, you know, didn't <laughs> land. You know, I tell them still at 34. So I don't know. I think it's a kid having fun with it, but if my, my, you know, chips on the table, I'd say he has a plan. He knows where he's going. He certainly knows where he's not going, but he's doing this to kind of have fun with the process and build the brand. Whether it's going to work or not, that's what he's trying to do. So just by the nature of this recruiting thing, Travis, if folks have agreed to come in and visit for the spring game, that means Oklahoma's done something right already. But that being said, maybe several of these visitors closer to committing than others. So give us a couple of names that this weekend you think – could land a commitment or just push it to where it's right on the brink of a commitment for Oklahoma? And then how about a couple of names that Oklahoma, yeah, they're visiting this weekend, but maybe it's not as serious as others that Oklahoma could make some serious ground up with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Obviously, um, you know, big time offensive tackle uh, Isaiah Autry is committing today at one o'clock to somewhere. Uh, A lot of people like Oklahoma in that battle. Um, he is a big old six, seven offensive tackle from Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, he's got offers from Alabama, Auburn, Florida state. I mean, all, all the big names. He's only a three star, but I think he'll be a riser. He's a developmental guy. He's got really good frames, but you don't have that offer list and get invited to the army all American bowl. If you're just kind of a, you know, just a middle of the pack guy. So, um, I like where the Sooners are with that. Uh, it's kind of interesting note there. Uh, Marcus Dupree, his first cousin is Isaiah Autry's mom. So I'm not too good at determining what's a first cousin, second cousin, twice removed, you know, what, all that terminology. But uh, Marcus Dupree with family ties to Isaiah Autry. And I think uh, somebody else to keep an eye on now that uh, I think we all remember with Isaiah McMorris, kind of the, the Nebraska uh, native, the Bellevue West native, uh, there was word that he might commit, but there might not be enough spots left if he waited even a couple weeks. Well, we already saw Kelly K.J. Daniels commit, the speedy wide receiver out of Louisiana. Expect another wide receiver to come off the board, maybe a Zion Kearney. Um, you know, th- those spots are going to start to fill up, and that's why I kind of look at the numbers game. It's all a numbers game. Once the first running back commits, you've got to look at the second one committing shortly after. Obviously, once a wide receiver is now committed, you're only going to take three in this class. So I expect one to come off the board. I mean, your obvious other big ones, you wonder if you can kind of push Caden Durham to make a decision early. Taylor Tatum uh, just locked in an official in June to OU. That's the number two ranked running back in the country. So, again, with the numbers game, that might speed up some processes. Casey Poe's the guy that just released his top schools. We're squarely in that. I believe we lead for that, but yeah, there's 
Jaden Hardy's going to be in town. You've started to see some crystal balls come in for Joseph Jonah Jonye, uh, the talented defensive lineman uh, who's really close with a lot of the other big-time Texas commit or Texas, the state of Texas uh, recruits. Nick Marsh is a guy that if he wants to get in on this wide receiver situation, he's going to have to make a call. But yeah, it's it's there's just there's just so much quality uh, coming to town. It's it's just you can't go wrong anywhere you look. You 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 know you you throw a rock and you and you're gonna hit you know a blue chipper. Travis, before we let you go, we're gonna talk about some of the things we're looking forward to. Storylines for the next forty five minutes. We're gonna take text on it. We're gonna give away a pair of tickets to the spring game. Uh, kick us off. What's what's a major storyline for you come Saturday? What's something you've definitely got your eyes on? Ooh, major storyline. I would really like to see and I. And I know that, I don't know, I, I'm probably in the minority on this, but I would really like to see a lot of rotation at wide receiver. I, I, don't want, I don't want to go into the fall with just the idea that only one wide receiver position is up for grabs when you've got so much talent in that room. You've got basically Nick Anderson, Jane Gibson, L.B. Bunkley-Shelton, J.J. Hester, um, you know, D.J. Graham, Andrew Anthony, you got all these guys, maybe a Brennan Thompson. Like, you got all these guys fighting for one position. I don't know. I, I would like to see how the kind of wide receiver room looks. I don't think Dylan will have a very long day. So I'm looking to see who they kind of prioritize to get reps with him on the biggest, you know, practice stage that they're going to get. I'm really excited for that. And I'm also excited to see body types. I really want to see Phil Pachotti, how he looks in pads out there next to some others. I want to see how Kobe McKenzie looks out there, you know, size-wise. I want to see P.J. Atabare size-wise, Hassan McCullough. I want to see how these guys look, you know, size-wise, see how the explosiveness looks, um, and, and, and see their range. I think that's what you can normally take from these games. I don't put a lot of stock into, oh, man, this one player made a great play because, you know, we all, we all otherwise, Micah Bones would have started the Texas game and Dorian Plumley would have entered, wouldn't have uh, entered the portal right away. Mm, good stuff. Travis, are we going to hear you tomorrow? Yes, I will be on. I believe I'm with Tyler from 1 to 2. I believe I'm, I'm on for an hour pregame, an hour postgame. I'm on my way to, uh, uh, to Baker and Emily Mayfield's uh, charity oh, event nice. right now. So I, uh, I figure if I'm in Norman, I'll look at the schedule. I'll, I'll be staying right down the road anyways. I'll walk over there. There you go. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a great day, Trav. Absolutely. Good job, guys. I love that dude. Yeah, he's a good, I, he's a good dude. I, I will never understand, like, some of the grief he takes from the scoopers. Like, yeah, that's an awesome dude, man. And he is ah, so... People, people are just jealous sometimes. Bro, speaking of hate, can I just get this out of the way real quick? And it has nothing to do with Travis, whom I love. So, Barry Trammell was kind enough to write an article about me. It was it was cool, right? I mean, it's no something doubt. that yeah. I'm 47 years old. I'm grateful to have both of my parents, and my parents take take pride in that. Especially since I spent, you know, let's see, a good 20 years of my life barely making ends meet. <laughs> Welcome to radio, y'all. Um, but literally, like my buddy Chris Wilkerson tagged me on Facebook. I've just moved to Washington. I'm so over the moon excited about my new home, my new I say new, it's three years now. My new home, my new community. I've got great friends. It's 
when you have people that call and are checking on you and saying, hey, if anything's wrong, you can stay with us, whatever. I mean, that's – Josh, that's cool. And legit, there is this dude. I mean, anytime anything is even said about me, Chris tags me. I check it out, and there he is. Ah, he's terrible. Wah, I listen to the games. I don't listen to him. And I'm like, bro, it's, it's, it's okay. He makes mistakes that shouldn't be made. I'm like, you make it sound like I call the wrong score. You make it sound like I'm calling a football game when softball is going on. And I just – I wonder – what goes into the mind of somebody who appears to be a family man, right, appears to have kids? I mean, could you imagine if someone wrote something about him or his wife or his, and then there's someone that's right away, it's like, well, that guy sucks, can't stand him. What a piece of garbage that guy is. He doesn't even know that RBIs isn't plural. It's like, what? Why are people like that? It's like, it's just it's a little thing. I mean... Obviously, it pisses me off to no end. It's embarrassing because here's, here's the Oklahoman who's throwing this out there, and immediately you have, I don't know, I guess angry softball guy that's ready to degrade me in every step. I get it. I understand why Kurt Warner's wife went after people on social media. <laughs> it's like, buddy, it's softball, bro. We're calling a game. We're having fun here. It's not – Rocket surgery, it's fun. And I like doing it. I, I feel like the school likes me doing it. No one is taking shots at you. You're just earning yourself a block so you won't be able to see this information. Why are people like that, Josh? I need to understand. I need to understand the, the human brain in that no one could think of, dang, man, what if something wrote, someone wrote something really nice about my kid would my what would my first response be if I I see some old bitter man taking a shot at my kid or my my wife or whatever? I mean, what are we doing here? Well, and I would just say this: it's, and it's softball, bro. It's fun. I, I would say this to you, and it's uh, easier when it's not you when you when you're on the outside looking in. Right. First of all, it's a compliment to you that uh, you've generated that type of reaction that people want to be negative, right? It means, to some degree, probably a lot of times that you've quote-unquote made it, right? You're at least in a position where people are reacting to what's going on. And secondly, man, the the positive so outweighs the negative. But uh, I I get it because I'm the same way, uh, not to the same same stratosphere, of course, as yourself, but you, you get hung up on the negative, when there actually is a ton of positive feedback. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. That's why the story was written, right? It's right. a positive story. I don't want people talking about him. Like, bro, it's it's literally maybe 600 words on the the million words that are going to be written about this softball team. And I think if you if you read the story, um, it was really cool because it was truly about, hey, this isn't about Chris Plank. This is about this softball team. I. Arnie always gives me grief about the golden mic. I didn't win the golden mic because I'm good. I won the golden mic because Sooner softball fans voted, <laughs> and they want to win everything. That's why. So, anyway, I've never understood that disdain. I've never really under, never really understood that across the board. I will also add one thing, though. I didn't want to clear up from Barry Trammell's story, and I'm very grateful. And, um, you know, I, I one of the first people that I ever interviewed on my radio show whenever I moved to, to Tulsa – 
was Barry Trammell, and he was always really good to me. And and I I know that Dennis Stats Kelly, if I ever miss an article, he's going to make sure I know what Barry wrote. But I do have to correct one thing. One thing here, Josh Helmer. Are you ready? I didn't chase, and this might make you guys think less of me, but I got to go back to 1993 whenever I moved here. And I would be willing to bet a majority of my audience, of our audience, Josh, might not have been born. But when I moved to Tulsa and I went to college here in 93, I didn't chase a girlfriend, okay? That's not what happened. I chased a girl I had a crush on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a little bit worse than what was written. So I appreciate Barry for making it seem a lot better than it actually yeah, was. Th- thank you. <laughs> but I, I didn't actually chase a girlfriend. I chased a girl named Heather <laughs> Bell that I was totally head over heels for. Oh, what a mistake. I, so uh, her bad. and I, uh, we went to school together. Uh, she was a senior when I was a senior, and I was head over heels crazy about her. Uh, in fact, I don't even remember. I don't think I had a. I had one girlfriend in high school, but for the most part, I was just waiting for, all right, is Heather Bell going to become available? Let's go. And she had a boyfriend like all through high school. Then suddenly, our senior year, Josh Helmer, we kind of started talking a little bit, just as friends, right? We were preparing for like, um, oh, what's the college courses called? Yeah, the SAT. SAT and ACT. So we didn't take the SAT. We took the ACT. Right. That's a Midwestern thing, ACTs. Right. So we studied together, and she had always talked about wanting to go to Tulsa. And Tulsa really recruited the Midwest hard. So, yes, Jim in Arlington, you hit it on the head. I was absolutely a stalker. But I was also uh, 18 years old, and there wasn't wasn't Facebook or Twitter where I could do all this. You had to to formally do it. Did anybody in your family say – you were making a huge mistake. No, what are he, you doing? Here's the reality. That's kind of the fun side of the story. I literally fell in love with the school when I came here. So I was, I mean, it was either I was going to go to college at either the University of Tulsa, Eastern Illinois University, or I was joining the Marines. That was my, that was my three things. Those were my, and when I came to Tulsa, Josh, not only did I fall in love with it, but I got a lot of student aid. So I got a lot of student aid, got a lot of scholarships. I kind of wanted to get away from home. Eastern Illinois was a little bit too close. So it, it, it's a fun little aside to the story. But I kind of – I don't think Heather Bell being here would have stopped me. right? In other words, I think I was going to Tulsa regardless. But here's the best part of the story, Josh. Here's the part that I don't tell very often. And, I, and by the way, oh, I'm in trouble for that. I mean, my wife hates that that story gets brought up every single time. But I feel like it's part of my story, right? Oh, it is, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm 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 probably still in Tulsa, but what got it over the top over Eastern Illinois was that Heather Bell was coming down here, and I saw wedding bells. I saw this massive marriage, and uh, she was a redhead. So I I saw these little beautiful redhead plank kids running around playing golf and doing all this stuff. She left after a week. She left after a week. She left the school after a week. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. And she moved back home. I don't think I've talked to her since. Do you have any idea what she's doing now? She still lives in – so my whole family still lives in Wood River. So I constantly get updates on everybody. And she she was married to or is married to like the the ultimate jock, the ultimate basketball – Rock Hendricks, who's a buddy of mine. Uh, They got married. And I think they had kids. But I haven't talked to any of them in years. No one – much like at the University of Tulsa, you don't get a lot of invites to come back and speak – 
I don't get really too much from Woodruff. <laughs> but again, my whole family's there, so they get enough of the they get enough of the planks. Unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Heather Bell, man, not girlfriend, total stalker move. I don't even know. I, I don't even know if she knows that I tell or if she knew the why behind why I went down there. We actually have a handful of Wood River class of 93 people that live in, in Oklahoma. So thank you, Barry. I'm well, a, Rock, thanks for inviting me back for the 30th anniversary yeah. high school reunion. I just want to say that uh, I moved yeah. to Tulsa because of your wife, actually. Yeah, Brock Hendricks is going to be out in front of, of our reunion, and he's going to be trying to fight me. He's like, throw down. I'm like, I don't – I'm 47, bro. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> All right, listen, we, we got to take a break. <laughs> Jim and Arlington, that cracked me up. You're right. That's what my wife said. My wife's like, do you know what? You know what makes no sense? This is a terrible story about you. Why do you keep telling it? You're an awful it's person. It's honest, though. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, we fell behind. Now let's start, Josh. When we come back, you heard Travis Davidson bring it up. The rotation and wider receiver, the body types. Two really good things. What are some spring storylines you have your eye on for tomorrow's game? We're going all in next right here on The Ref. Catch up on a few of the texts here real quick, and then we'll go all in. Did you say or did I dream last night that we had tickets to give away to the spring game? Or we did do, I yeah. That? Yeah, we got a pair that uh, – well, we got to pick a winner. Well, how about we do this? I got an idea. I got an idea, and you tell me if you're down with this idea. Sorry, I've got all kinds of knobs on this thing, and I don't know what to do with them. What if we start right now, 10.32 a.m.? Okay. And we start for the next hour. We get one hour and just hit us with the storyline, angle, player you're most intrigued, interested, enamored with, maybe to – put this in Chris Plank terms where I say what explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old <laughs> yeah what you're most looking forward to hit us up on text 405-651-3439 we'll filter through them we'll hit three finalists at 11:30 a.m and then we'll get a winner and honestly there's no such thing as a bad opinion on this unless you're just a jerk but I mean I I think everyone can have a different opinion about what they're looking forward to. It's just kind of how you present it, right? Yeah, and, and let me know in the text, too. Start the text or end the text with spring game tickets. There that, you go. That way I know uh, you want tickets. Right. It, and if you don't want tickets, what, what are you even doing right now? The, hey, by the way, let me for those of you that are in that group, and I and like I've said many times, I am with you. If you're in that group that says, I can't – I can't afford to get to game days. Um, it's too expensive to get. Here's your opportunity. A pair of free tickets. All you need is maybe a little gas money. Uh, if if necessary, I'll try to get you. Well, I, I guess I can't get you a gas card. See that I'm in Waco. <laughs> but spring game tickets. Let's go. The next hour, we got a pair we're giving away, and it's a very simple process. Biggest storyline what you need to see Saturday from this team, 405-651-3439. Not a bad way to win tickets, right? Get a little content going here, too. You can also hit us up on Twitter, too. Maybe we should add that as well, Josh. At Plank Show at Josh on Ref. Sometimes the texting can get a little bit too much. Twitter can be easier. Though yesterday was a sad day to see the blue check go away after how hard I worked for that damn thing. <laughs> 
I had to create a fake freaking blog in order to get that. And now all of a sudden it's gone. So I, I, I changed my – I'm no longer a journalist. Let's see here. What did I change everything to? I was just all kinds of bitter whenever that thing went away. Not going to lie. Uh, I, I'm a media news company now. And my link is now to the KREF stream. So there you go. A um, couple of texts from the show so far to hit. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Uh, this is a fair question from the 918, and one that I think is an easy answer. Why is the edge rusher from Indiana not being used as an edge rusher by OU? Who says he's not? Seems like he's doing a little bit of everything. I know that he's working quite a bit at the cheetah position. And he's, in most of the video we've seen, he's been there. But, I mean, Josh, from everything I've seen from Deshaun McCullough, I feel like he's doing a little bit of everything right now. I feel like they're using him in a lot of different spots on the field. Well, and I think the the right answer would be, they think that he might be best served at Cheetah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I understand that you look at numbers and you think, well, he did this last year. You're right. But I'm also a big believer that Brent Venables is going to put his best players in the best position to have success. And I don't necessarily know if that means you won't see him in some situations at edge. But – I just feel like with him and Justin Harrington and I don't know who all – I mean, I feel like every single guy that they recruited came in being talked about as a cheetah. But I just – I mean, I I kind of put my faith in a guy who's been considered one of the best defensive minds in college football for the better part of the last, you know, what, 23 years. And I know you could easily fire back at me and say, well, last year didn't go all that well. Well, I mean, sure. But, I mean, it suddenly doesn't mean that – <laughs> he has no idea what to do when it comes to the best spots for players. So I, I don't think you're – I don't know. You might be trying to be a jerk about it. I don't think you are. But there's there's the best answer I could give you, Josh. They feel like it's better served for him to maybe have spots where he can rush the quarterback and then maybe have spots where he can be in that cheetah position. He's still learning a lot, and I think he even said that. In a lot of ways, that was a dude who it seemed like his head was spinning somewhat. From Jim in Arlington via the text line. Teddy yes. on with Toby this morning. They changed their mind. They like him at Cheetah better. True. So, in other words, he's there at Cheetah with, what, Justin Harrington? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that simple. But I also I, – I, and I think Ted would attest to this too, but I – I don't think that means you're not going to see him in positions where he's getting after the quarterback. Right. I, I I don't think you might see some variations of what do we have, like a NASCAR package, where you look out there and you would see see him in a position where he might be getting after the quarterback. So there, there you go. I hope that answers your question. Um, the 918, how about Arch Manning, guys? $3.4 million NIL kid, and he's a backup QB no better than Jackson Arnold, and I'll bet on that. Go figure. Well, I mean, let's back up a little bit. If Arch Manning went to Colgate, he would still probably be one of the biggest earners of NIL because his last name's Manning. But I, this 
kind of shows you, too, it's hard to believe. Wasn't their big push? Wasn't one of the things about Arch Manning whenever he was going into college? Ah, NIL doesn't really matter to us. It's not that important. And, and then all of a sudden, all we're doing is boasting about how much he's making on NIL. He's going he's gonna to start eventually. I mean, he. I think their plan was to have the competition, Josh. I don't think it was truly a competition in Texas because, to me, I don't even know. In my world, I don't even think he is the second-best quarterback on that roster right now. I really And I think that there would be a, a handful of people that would agree with me, too. I, I like Arch Manning. I think he's got a chance to be a uh, – I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good quarterback. But for for my dollar, man, <laughs> give me all of the Malik Murphy stock you've got. And if that kid ends up in the portal because you commit to Arch Manning, let's go. He is, in my mind, 6'5", 235, absolute rock star at quarterback. But that's just me. What do I know? Um, anything else to add on Arch? Well, it's uh, so early there. So early. I do think that Oklahoma's going to wind up with a better quarterback mm-hmm. between Jackson, Arnold, and Arch Manning. Uh, you know, I almost feel bad to for Arch Manning to some degree. I mean, don't feel too bad for him because, again, massive name, image, likeness, deal, and on and on and on. And it's big-time college football, and he plays for Texas, so don't feel sure. too bad for him. But, you know, I don't think he's as good as the recruiting ranking that he was given, and I think it's largely because of the last name. And there's all these expectations that he's going to be this, that, and the other. And, man, I'm not convinced he's going to start at the University of Texas. All right, you guys are rolling with these. Let's hit him next. Air, um, we got a pair of tickets to give away to the spring game. If you want them, start the tax of spring game tickets, and then what you're most looking forward to tomorrow. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Here's a couple good ones off the text line, 405-651-3439. We got some wild breaking news in the NFL, too, that we'll get to here in a second. Uh, 405, already headed to the spring game, but we'll take some ref gear. I appreciate that. I have two ref T-shirts that I got for two of my buddies that are literally sitting in my in my home studio. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm the worst at delivering stuff. Uh, I personally want to see how Andrew Rame looks at center. And if he still is at center or elsewhere on the line. Nobody pays attention to the line usually. And the O-line is where it all begins. If Rame can move around and be a better option with a different center, then we should be doing that for the betterment of the team. Uh, I heard a lot of Andrew Rame talk on the shows I was listening to driving up yesterday. Um, I, I, I hit the road right after Teddy and Tyler's show, so I was listening to uh, Carrie uh, and, and the unofficial 40. I was listening to Gabe and Teddy. I was listening to uh, a couple of others. I don't even – like the OU Insider one. And sometimes whenever they go off on a angle, I'm like, okay, time to move on. <laughs> I'll flip around. I flip around podcasts like most of you flip around stations. But it seemed as if, Josh, there was one consistent theme whenever the offensive line was brought up, and that was that was confidence. I ended up feeling very confident. A, a healthy Andrew Rain is, is big, and a healthy Andrew Rain 
through the offseason, I feel, is, is a big deal. But you bring up position versatility, and I don't, I don't ever expect a, a freshman to necessarily start on the offensive line. But there's been some interesting buzz around Joshua Bates, Josh Helmer. So I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And that means that not only are you watching to see what Andrew Rame looks like if they move him around, but I think that would also add keeping an eye on what number 64 looks like in Joshua Bates. You say there's been some interesting buzz. What have you heard? That he's looked really good. That he is – there's very – you know, Bill Beanbow told us this a while back. It's very rare – that an offensive lineman comes out of high school as a center. Most of the times, the guys you're recruiting are tackles or guards because center is not usually your best athlete. And that's not an offense to see if anyone that, – uh, that's not an offense to anyone that played before him. It's usually the smartest guy because Gabe was a heck of an athlete. Ty Darlington was. Obviously, Creed Humphrey is. But it's just – there's a lot of Creed Humphrey vibes to him, and he's played the position, and he's smart and taking it all in. Now, again, I don't expect a freshman, a true freshman, to start at center for Oklahoma, but if it allows you to – because right guard appears to be an interesting spot right now, right? You feel like you got a good battle for the backup spot at left tackle, and we'll see what Walter Rouse looks like when he's healthy. Right tackle, everyone feels really good about Tyler Guyton from what I've heard. Um. You know, Raym at, at, at center, everyone seems pretty confident there. But in the interior, you know, Savion Bird still fighting to put on weight. I think everyone feels good about him at one of the guard spots. But I think the other guard spot is really interesting right now. Trey Matar is the guy that's back. He's got a chance. You know, I, I think Jake Taylor is working a little bit more at tackle, but you could see him in the interior um, because of the position versatility and I guess the term cross-training that goes on. But I like that a lot from the 405, Josh, because I really feel like seeing a full season with Rain, a full off-season with Rain, being able to train and not battling injuries and not just trying to learn the position would be really good. And then to have the competition, I think it makes you better, right? Absolutely, yeah. And what Travis just sent us about Joshua Bates is good. He, he was the top-ranked center in the country. But, again, if you look at 24-7 sports and on three and rivals and everybody, ESPN, they're recruiting stuff too. They don't rank centers, just interior offensive yeah. linemen. <laughs> so he wasn't in that – he wasn't rated as the top center because of that. Because, again, like you said, Plank, and it's probably what Biedenbo said too, it's uh, most guys come to college as a guard right, and then shift inside yeah. as the center once they get to OU. But Joshua Bates is coming to OU as a center. Center. Center <laughs> for the 405. I want to see BV throw the review flag on third down when the ball is obviously spotted two, spotted two yards short. Now, remember, we don't have the review. We don't have the challenge flags in college. you got to sell the officials to look at it. Um, you know, that was, I, I, was, I was making notes when, when I stopped at the, the loves and dent from just some of the things – I was listening to, and I am, I've got a summer project that I'm working on. I'm going to enlist some of the former coaches that I know to help me out, Josh. I want to learn about game management and how you become a better game manager. And I want to go back and, and I might need your guys' help to find those moments that have riled up Sooner Nation about 
some of the game management, timeout management issues that seem to have so many people on fire. Because I'm just, I want to learn how you get better. Is it just seat time? Is it more person? Is it more, you know, behind the scenes personnel? Because it's funny that you say that, and I, I think you're being tongue in cheek. Because I, but there's a lot of people that want to see Brent Venables improve as a game manager, and I want to learn how you do that, and you know who you trust and what the process looks like for every coach. Because at some point, every single coach was a first year head coach, and every single coach made mistakes. It's just very, very rare, even though it's been the last two coaches, um, that your first time head coaching job is at Oklahoma. Um, I, I, I want to learn a lot about it. All right, quick break. We'll come back. These are really good texts. we got our top five stories today. We're giving away a pair of spring ball tickets. Hit us up on the text line. Spring game tickets, just so we know you want to win. What are you most looking forward to tomorrow? The OU spring game. We're all in next on The Wrap. I don't watch a ton of TV at home, Josh. So when I'm in a hotel room, I watch a lot of TV. But I just noticed something on The Price is Right that kind of had me shook a little bit. No, not not the actual fact that there are like male presenters of the prizes, which kind of threw me off a little bit. They say that the 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 Price is Right is directed by Adam Sandler. Is that something everybody knew but me? What? Yeah, that's what it said at the end. Directed by Adam Sandler. So he just like bought the Price is Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen that. The NFL has suspended five players including Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams, for violation of the NFL's gambling policy. Including in the suspension is Lions C.J. Moore and Quintez Cephas, plus Commanders cornerback Shaka Tony are suspended indefinitely. Williams and Stanley Berryhill have been suspended six games. So, five players have been suspended, including Jamison Williams, for violating the NFL gambling policy. Williams and Detroit Stanley Berryhill are suspended six games. C.J. Moore, Quintez Cephas, and Shaka Tony suspended indefinitely. Four players on one team, Josh. Raises a few eyebrows. What's going on in Detroit? Quick break. We're all in on the spring game next on The Ref.